0: This is episode 66 with Mindset and Relationship Coach Roberto Martinez. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson, Success and Lifestyle Coach, and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now take out your pencils and let's begin. We are super, super... um, Blessed to have Roberto Martinez on the show today. The conscious coach. Um, he is a mindset and relationship coach, and also a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, uh, which means he can help you reprogram your mind. So, after starting his coaching career in 2016, he quickly realized that the quality of life is determined by two things. These two things are your mindset and your relationships. So now he teaches his students how to permanently transform their lives in as little as six weeks or less. Roberto, welcome to the show, man.
1: Mm, thank you so much for having me, brother.
0: No problem. No problem. Super excited. Uh, Roberto and I, we've, we've known each other a little bit. We've had another kind of episode before um, on his Media and so, super excited to have him on pencil leadership for him to share. But, uh, Roberto, I'd love for you to kind of just share uh, about your journey and what brought you to being the conscious coach.
1: Sure, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I just also want to acknowledge you, man, for all the work that you've been doing. It's, it's, I've been seeing your content for a while, and, and I'm truly honored. To have this opportunity to give value alongside you because you really walk the walk in everything you do. So, thank you, Chris. Um, A little bit about my story. Um, So, I grew up in a home that at the time felt very normal, but looking back, I realized how much trauma there really was in my household. Um, My mom is Polish, my dad is Cuban. And they immigrated to Canada, which is where I live. And I was born here. Um, They split up when I was about three years old. And the thing that I had, that not everyone has, um, that I'm very blessed and lucky, is that I've always known that I was incredibly loved by my family. I never questioned their love. Um, but my dad was not around nearly as much as he would have liked, or that I would have liked. He was still present in my life, but I was growing up a pawn in their chess game. If there was a fight between them, then I was used to kind of get back at the other person, uh, which, as a child, is frustrating because no kid wants to be put in between their parents' conflict. Um, my mom, I grew up with her mostly. She she mostly raised me, and. Uh, she grew up in Poland and to give you all, you all some context, she grew up in a home where her parents were in Poland and grew up in the Holocaust and they were a Jewish family. They were a Jewish family. So the trauma that they experienced as kids, they passed that trauma down to my mom. And like my mom to this day still doesn't even talk to me about this stuff that she went through. Like she, the, the small little slivers of stories like breaks my heart that such an innocent child could go through something so traumatic. And in comparison to her, like my childhood was a walk in the park. Um, but pain is relative and it wasn't a walk in the park. My mom was, uh, her emotional state was highly erratic. One second, she's the most like giving and loving and incredible mother on the planet. And the next, she was highly abusive um, it called me horrible names. Um, like she, and and it, it really taught me that every time I would attempt to be myself and express myself, that led to abandonment. And a really key point in my life that shaped who I am was the day of my grade six graduation. I was 10 years old and I knew that we didn't have, we didn't have really any money ever. And, um, Uh, so my mom wanted to like take some of the little money that we had and use it to rent a suit. So I could go to this graduation because she knew that all the other students were going to be wearing suits. And, um, I didn't want to, like, I knew that we couldn't afford it. And I just got this really cool Spider-Man shirt. It was like this dope. It was literally a shirt like this, but imagine Spider-Man plastered all over it. It was the dopest shirt I'd ever seen at the time and I wanted to wear it. And I loved the idea of standing out. I loved it. I wanted to stand out. I had no problem standing in my expression, right? Back then. Uh, but my mom was really worried about what people were going to think. Um, and anytime that I would divert from what she deemed right for me, uh, she would try to control me. And, and this was like the first time in my life where I'm like, no, I'm going to wear this Spider-Man shirt. It's the shirt. It's, it's my graduation. And so I go to my graduation. I wear this Spider-Man shirt. No one shows up to my graduation. Like for me, I remember all these kids are there with their parents and my dad didn't show up and my mom didn't show up. My dad said he was working. And my mom said like, well, she was upset at me for wearing, like she was in one of her episodes. And So I'm sitting at this graduation wearing this Spider-Man shirt. um, And at the time, I had such a poor view of myself. I was told all the time that I wouldn't amount to anything, that um, I was going to be a loser like my dad, and I love both my parents. But when you're told that long enough, you end up believing these things, whether you're aware of it or not. And so I remember I'm sitting there in the graduation in the pews and they're announcing the winner of the student of the year award. And I won. And I remember being shocked. I remember looking up the teachers being like, what? Like I won the student of the year award? Like that's, like how could I have won that, right? And like looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, this amazing kid. Of course you won it, dude. Like how could you not see how beautiful you are, like such a loving kid. Uh, But at the time, I had such a poor view of myself, right? I was shocked. And so I win this trophy. I'm excited. No one's there to really celebrate with because my parents aren't there. They're the only people really in my life at the time that was family. I had no one else. And so I walk home and I'm carrying these two big trophies. I get home terrified, like riddled with anxiety as to, It's funny, I never usually talk about this story, but I'm just feeling the calling right now. I'm riddled with anxiety because I know my mom is in one of her moods. And so I go up and I have this this award and I'm like, look, like, is this enough for you to just love me and accept me? And uh, she's like, I knew you would win something, called me some more names and then kicked me out. 10 years old. On the day of my grade six graduation, my mom kicked me out of the house, no idea where I was going to go, right? Now that day, young Roberto learned a very intense lesson. He learned that when you try to stand out and you try to express yourself, when you try to take what's in you and share it with the world, that's going to lead to abandonment. So for years, years and years and years for a big chunk of my life. I lived my life through the lens of how I thought other people wanted me to be. So I was never living for myself. I was living for other people. And, uh, everything changed when I got divorced. And that happened at the end of 2017, my ex and I, we had a two and a half year old son Um, and then we split up and then I finally, for the first time in my life, I was like, okay, I need to stop like focusing on other people and I need to learn how to pour into me and take care of me. And I did one of the scariest things I'd ever done. And one of the most brilliant things I could have ever done. And I hired a coach and invested in myself. I hired an NLP coach and I worked very intensely with her for about six weeks um, at the time I was a personal trainer. That's when I started my coaching career. Right. It was like, I was, it was 2016. I'm starting this coaching career. I'm training people I have this big passion, but I felt like something was missing for a long time. Like I don't, I didn't want to just help people uh, move better and help their body composition. Like that was, I wasn't that passionate about it, but I've always been really passionate about expression and about connecting with people. And so hiring this coach taught me how to connect with myself. And I became obsessed. I became obsessed with understanding of this beautiful thing called our unconscious mind. And then I met with my coach's coaches, the ones who she got certified through. Um, and then I took all the courses. I went and became an NLP practitioner. Then I went and became a master NLP practitioner. Um, and then the day I came back from NLP practitioner training, I quit my, like literally the day I got back, I quit my personal training job and I've just jumped into this world of coaching people on their mindset so they can develop the most amazing relationships with those around them. Um, But the only way to do that is you got to master the relationship with yourself first and foremost. Um, And I think it's so important because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. Human beings No matter what, we crave connection. We crave community. I don't care if you're an introvert or a homebody. We need people to the point that a child will literally die if they don't receive human contact. This has been tested. And my obsession, my passion is to help people develop the best, most amazing relationship with themselves so they can then translate that into the relationship outside of themselves. Cause I know what it's like to be on either end. And now I just do that through multiple coaching programs. I work with my partner and we're the conscious couple and we help couples and sing- singles do the same thing. And it's been, it's been a really painful journey, but one filled with so much bliss and invigoration and excitement. So that's a sliver of my story.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think it's cool that uh you you back then you took that stance and wore that Spider-Man shirt, man. That's awesome. And then now it's translated to to you standing out in your own way and helping other people do the same. Um and just uh, a couple of things that stood out to me uh in that was when you when you said that One, we all crave community and connection, no matter what, even if we're an introvert um, and to increase our relationship with ourselves so we can increase relationship with others. And then that uh, you're aligned with what you're supposed to be doing right now uh, with your partner and everything. And it's still painful. It's still not perfect. It's still not easy. And so those three big things stuck out to me. Um, So why or what has the research shown about community connection? Like, why is that so important? Mm.
1: Well, it's, there's two things that separates the human animal from Mm. every other species. Number one, it's our ability to adapt, right? Our adaptability, like we can no other organism, as far as I know, can survive, survive in any climate on the planet. That's pretty impressive that we can live anywhere, right? That's pretty cool. That's number one. But number two, it's our ability to work together when we work together, like that's why we're the apex predator of the planet. Yep. Like human being a human being by himself or herself is not like, don't get me wrong. People We're all incredibly powerful, right? right? Like you're so powerful on your own. You don't need anyone to realize your own greatness. However, people have a way of amplifying um, your best traits, yeah. right? I'm good at what I'm good at. And because everyone is so unique, like if we allow ourselves to work together in what we're good at, then we create incredible things. No big organization was created by one person. It was created through the collective of multiple people who were in alignment with themselves. Right. And that's to me why, why community is so, so important and why developing quality relationships is massive because quality relationships, you, you elevate each other.
0: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And so- I'm I'm always curious like when cuz I'm more extroverted but when you hear introverted people or people who think they're introverted say like I don't need community, I don't need communication with with one another, connection with one another like obviously like the research shows they do so why do they think they don't I guess if that's a valid question
1: Totally, totally. Um the first thing that comes to mind is fear. Mm. Right. Because here's the thing, like quality, when I think quality relationships, I think depth, right? I want depth to the relationship for it to be quality. That means like I see into you like fully, I see all of your good, all of your pain, all of it. And I love you anyways. And you see into me right? Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of the goal for every relationship. That's what we want, right? I want to show my heart fully and I want to see your heart fully. But in order for me to see your heart fully and create that quality relationship, I need to allow you to see into me, but I can't, I can't allow you to see something that I'm not willing to see within myself. So this is why developing the relationship with yourself is the most important thing. Because when I look into the deepest darkest parts of my pain and I accept that I'm so much more willing to share that with you. And so the person who says, I don't need that. Like, like, no man, like we all do. Sorry. Like if you are, you live in a tiny little bubble, like life is not very exciting. No matter what, how you convince yourself I'm willing to bet there's some form of misery that this person is experiencing because humans were social. Right. Um, but the thing that I think is keeping that person stuck, it's the fear, the fear of, of letting someone else see in them what they're most ashamed
0: of. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, I think, or even, yeah. So maybe they've had some sort of it or trauma that's caused them to maybe not even trust people to letting them in to see them. So it goes back to that fear. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I was just curious. Cause yeah, I'm like, you know, that's, you always hear, oh, I don't need to be around people and. And I guess at a at a deeper level, introverts they just get energized when they can step away, yes, and be on their own. So yeah, that makes and, sense. And, but,
1: and the thing too is that like an introverted person can have like two to three people that they feel very close with, and that's enough for them. That's like, true. Not, they don't need to go out and be in social situations. Like I'm like you, man. Like after this podcast, I'm like energized. I'm like that's let's that. go right? I get into a crowd of people and like people give me energy and I love that. Yeah, But I know for the introvert person that drains them. And again, it's not about having this big circle of friends. Like you really need just like a couple, one, two, three people where you feel so connected to. That's enough. Your community doesn't need to be the whole neighborhood. It can be a select few.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, I think and it's almost—it's almost—it goes back to it's better to have the quality relationships than the quantity. You'd rather have two or three that you're really close with, can trust, they—they they know you rather than a whole bunch of people that really knows nothing and you don't really connect yeah. deeply. So I think that's no—that's definitely that's definitely the right way to do it. So with that, so how do? And like you said, building a relationship with yourself is the biggest heart, like the biggest, where you need to start. So what does that look like for people who might not know how to start building that relationship with themselves?
1: I love that question. Thank you for asking that. That's a brilliant question. Um, So uh, all my students, I walk them through a very simple four-step process, right? Right. Um, And it's really important. Number one, step one is awareness. Okay. You need to become aware of what is the story that you believe about yourself that is disempowering? Okay. Right. And what I mean by that is that you're, so I don't know if your viewers know much, but like you have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. And like very briefly, right. Your conscious mind is about 5% of who you are. And that's like your willpower, your volition. Like right now we're having a conscious conversation. And as we're having this conscious conversation, my unconscious mind, The 95% of who I am is beating my heart for me. It's digesting my food, right? Like there's so many unconscious processes that are happening without my control, without my conscious control. Right. But your unconscious is also the storehouse of what you believe. Okay. And you don't always get what you want, but you will always get what you believe to be true. Mm. And your unconscious mind is, is whispering to you what you believe about yourself in the world through all of your unconscious little tendencies, Right. To the point that every single time that someone may attempt to connect or anytime there's intimacy, they don't look at the person's eyes. Or maybe every time they express themselves, they're constantly fidgeting. They literally cannot sit still. Right. So step one is awareness. What okay. are your un- What is your unconscious story whispering about what you believe about yourself or the world? Is mm-hmm. it whispering something empowering? Is it whispering something disempowering? Right. Because imagine if we're able to flip the script and we can teach your unconscious mind how to be your best friend, your number one fan, which is where step two comes in and step two is skills. Okay? So we need to develop some skills once we've gained awareness on what the problem is. The problem is, is oh my gosh, I don't actually believe in myself. The mm-hmm. problem is, is I feel like every time I express myself, it's going to lead to rejection. So what do I do? I keep myself small. Mm-hmm. And I when I want to speak up, I keep my voice small and I don't yeah. speak up, right? Whatever the yeah. thing is, right? So we need to become aware. And that, for me, was a big one. Every time I wanted to express myself, I would second guess and then what I would do is I would give a response that I would think would be most accepted by other people. Mm. And what did that whisper about me? That whispered you don't accept yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like you you're like other people's validation was more important than my validation of myself because I mm. didn't have it for myself. Right. So we seek in others that which we are trying to find within ourselves. Okay. So that's step 1 is awareness. And then I need to develop some skills. So how can I begin to accept myself? Like what will I be doing differently that proves to me that I've accepted myself? And then you write this down. So not only do we need to gain awareness on the problem, we need to gain awareness on what are the skills we need to develop. Okay. this part, Chris, and I'm sure you've seen this, this is the part that takes most people out because these are the habits that yeah. you know you need to do, but you don't really want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, If you can commit to moving through that, right? If you can push through the discomfort of adopting these skills, these habits, the routine, like the first thing I did, my first skill was I would look at myself in the morning every day and I would literally see myself in the eye and tell myself that I love myself. Yeah. And like that was painfully uncomfortable right it was so strange like I could give you love I could look at you in the eye and be like I love you Chris I respect you but to give that to myself why was that visceral again that visceral feeling every time I looked at myself in the mirror to say I love myself what was that visceral feeling whispering about what I believe about myself right it was so uncomfortable but then I did it long enough I hired the coach who's like dude don't quit Right. And that's really what hiring a coach is. It's like a traditional right. form of accountability. It's me saying, I cannot let the fear stop me from achieving what I want to achieve from now on. And so yeah. I'm, I'm committed to investing this energy in myself, uh, trusting you to hold me to a higher standard. Right. And so yeah. hiring that coach is what helped me develop the skills. And then after skills, step three is management. Okay. Management is cool because management is now you no longer have to convince yourself to do the skills. They've just become a part of your life. Yeah. Right? Eventually talking in the mirror to myself was no longer difficult or uncomfortable. It was just a way of doing things. And once you're in management long enough, you end up in this magical place called solution. And solution is where the problem all of a sudden stops being a problem and you don't have to convince yourself to do it. This is where your unconscious mind now has buy-in. Because you've put in consistent effort to rewrite the story. Yeah. And so to sum it up, man, the, four, the the person who wants to build that relationship with themselves, if they need they need to develop some awareness. Yeah. Like, where are they not loving themselves? Where are they not accepting themselves? Where is the relationship destructive within themselves? Right. We need to develop some skills. To begin developing a good relationship with you, and then once you practice the skills long enough, you're in management. And once you're in management long enough, you end up in solution.
0: That's awesome. I think those are three definitely. Uh, I mean, you simplified it, you're keeping it simple, which is great uh, for people. So, do you? I I figure, and I could be off, but most people probably have work to do in building a relationship with themselves. Probably, totally past traumas or, or past yeah. experiences. Things like that, um, and, and you you said, and correct me if is skills is the hardest step out of the four. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's all context dependent, but right, for when sure. The skills is what takes people out.
0: Okay, is that is that just because what why why does that take them out? Do you think? It,
1: it takes them out because here is what happens: we want the result right away, mm-hmm. right? So so I gain the awareness. I don't believe in myself. I'm not enough. Right. Every time I go after my goal, I just fail anyway. So what's the point? Right. And then I'm like, okay, no, like I recognize that's the story I'm telling myself. So now that's the awareness. So let me develop some skills. Right. So I'm going to try to develop some skills. I'm going to work on that business plan today and I'm going to call the new prospect and I'm going to sell them on this product and like, I'm excited. And then it doesn't go through. And And then for them, it momentarily validates the old story. And they're like, okay, well, I guess this doesn't work. This is just how I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it takes most people out because this this is a process of consistency. Right. You gotta be consistent. If you're consistent and committed long enough, you will change your story. Mm, that's no, why right. I say that it takes people out because we want people want it now. And yeah. when they get it now, they're just like, oh well, this doesn't work.
0: Right. And it's just yeah, it goes back to our society almost, which is hard. But I love that process. It's a process of consi- consistency and being committed. So, and I think that's, that's so true and and it can be really correlated to anything. I mean, um, not just necessarily building a relationship with yourself, but I mean, trying a new hobby or starting a business or anything like just having that consistent and committed actions day in and day out to improve in those areas. Um, so it can be, it can be used across the board. Uh, but do you ever see anyone like get to management and then, kind of relapse, or or get kind of dragged back some, or is it is it a pretty pretty solid foundation when it gets management?
1: Mm, you ask very smart questions. I think <laughs> um, it's one of the reasons what makes you such a good coach. Right. Um, so, here's the thing: is it fair to assume? And I'm going to ask you a question, and, and I'll, okay. I'm going to go. With, just trust, bear with me for a sec. Is it fair to assume that there was probably aspects of you, of let's say your light, that have always been there? Like those things, like you've had like these probably like innate gifts that have always been a part of you since your childhood. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So if there's been this innate part of your light that has always been a part of you and probably always will be a part of you, let's look at the opposite. There's, let's say, the shadow part of who you are, your wound, so to speak right? If this, the light part will always be there, it's probably safe to assume that the shadow part might always be there too. Mm, okay. And what I mean by that is that like, for me, it's the fear of being abandoned, right? Like okay. that seems to be my cross to bear, so to speak. Right. Like, that just And it seems that no matter how much time goes on, it always comes back to that for me. No matter how much I try, I, I never fully let it go. However, every time it comes up now, it no longer controls me. It used to be debilitating. It would keep me stuck. So it's less about relapse. It's more of, I kind of like to think of it as it's another level. It's another layer, right? So it's like as I grow through and I become more, Uh, aligned in my purpose, more on my heart, more in my mission, I'm taking another step. And now this new step requires a new form of of, uh, calibration. I'm at a new altitude. And then the wound shows up in a different way, but it's still the same wound. And it's just requiring me to love that part of myself and move through it as compassionately as I can. But every stage is different and unique and every time these fears these stories come up my belief is that it's there for you to overcome it Mm. not show up to overcome you life is not trying to keep you down and like life is not this magnifying glass and you're the like it's designed to pull out your potential if you're willing to pursue it Mm. so i think It's kind of it's interesting that the question is do people relapse? And I think the answer is it depends. Yeah. (laughs) There's moments where I've totally relapsed where I'm like, oh no, like I thought I dealt with this, but now I recognize, hey, this is just part of the journey. Right. This is my season. This is my winter season right now. It may last a day, it may last a week, but life seems to be cyclical. Right? It's, It's an up and down process. And the the what's so important is when we are in those downs, when that wound is being exposed and we're feeling it how what is the new way in which we need to move through it
0: yeah no i i I would agree i think like with mine my my darkness whatever was always a self-worth issue not not being worth anything like uh you know seeing myself poorly and now when those those moments kind of come back it's it's not where like usually or in my past like in college high school time it'd just be like well i'd wrestle with that for months or weeks and now it's just like it comes in and I, I go back to the skill and it's like no like you are worth it you have value you're helping people like you're making a difference you're light in the darkness or a reflection of light in the darkness and like so then it's it's almost like a quicker rebound like you're not you don't let it kind of drag you down it's like it's trying to and you're like oh, get out of here stiff arm uh, no more and so I think that's a, that's a great point no longer controls you Um, and, and so just, you have to continue to use those skills that you've developed.
1: Totally. And I think it's also like you've, you've worked through that fear long enough and consistently enough that you've gained evidence to support the opposite that you are Mm -hmm. worthy. Right. But a lot of times we have, I like to think of beliefs as like tabletops yeah. And, like, you develop this belief when you were a kid, whatever the belief is, right? For me, if you're being abandoned, 10 years old, I get kicked out, boom, <laughs> here's this big tabletop. right? And then throughout life and all my other relationships, I started developing experiences that show up in the form of legs to support this belief. So yeah. you have a lifetime of experience that says when you express yourself, it leads to abandonment right but again like beliefs are just stories although they feel very real and at the time they were they were also perceptions right yeah, yep. look out, like i love what you said when, when i told you that story about me getting kicked out of 10 you're like yo that was cool that you stood your ground i yeah. never really realized that until explaining it this time so <laughs> you saw it through a different lens right yeah. you have different filters and different stories than i do i saw it through the lens of i stood my ground and that like That was one of the worst things I could do, but that was also one of the most liberating things I could have ever done.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But to bring it back is it's so important to commit to reinforcing a new story. Yep. Because if let's say I have this, fee- like for the self-worth thing, I'm not worthy, <laughs> whatever it is yeah. so we need to commit to creating a new belief and supporting this one, because these two cannot coexist. Right. You believe you're worthy. And every time you start and like, and my friends, anyone watching, this is a lifelong commitment to do this. Yeah. It isn't like a commitment to move through your fear just once or to like feel like you are worthy of all the things you want just for a small amount of time like 6 months or 2 months you got to commit to doing this for the rest of your life yeah. right like are you committed to raising your kids for just a little bit of time or are you committed to being the best parent you can for the rest of their life right like there's and, and we need to have that same commitment to our growth and our development and reaching our potential because there's no other way Yeah, As you support this new belief, it knocks out these other legs because again, they do not coexist. It just takes a lot of time, a lot of time and effort, consistency, and commitment. you got to be committed, especially when you don't want to be.
0: Yeah. And and I think it just kind of goes back to what we said about that, just that instant gratification culture. Like it's going to take, it's a process. Life's a process. We're in a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And so just taking those steps. And I, I like to tell people- uh, 1% better each day. Like just, just take the action that gets you at least 1% better each day. And, and that'll add up. And, um, and I think it's neat. We started the the show off with talking about how community is so important. And and then we get to the point and, and you point out like my perspective of your story was, dude, you stood your ground. And it just kind of that, what resonated with me with that is like, When we're in community, even the two or three people, close people, they're going to have a perspective with, to us that we don't have, especially if we're hard on ourselves. And so they're going to be able to speak positivity and and help you grow uh, on your journey. Whereas alone, it's you versus that voice in your head. And and sometimes that voice is really loud. And so it kind of gets you down. So I think that just goes back to how, again, how important that connection and community really is on even getting through things like this, increasing your relationship to yourself, because mm-hmm. that community is going to help aid that and, and kind of benefit your journey by the positivity that they can give back to you.
1: Totally. Yeah. So my partner and I, we run this thing called the fire starter program. And, yeah. and it's really for people who want to master that relationship with themselves. Yeah. They're tired of bringing their old baggage into their, New relationships, or even like the old baggage from the past in their current relationships, and and the thing that we we realize I heard this on a, another podcast um, is that relationships, all relationships, are about elevation and not longevity. Hmm. Right? Because most people, when and, and this is for friendships, romantic relationships, business relationships, people are so tied to we're in this together forever.
0: Ah. Oh. Right.
1: Versus I'm in this to help you grow. I Mm. want to see you be the most authentic, powerful, self-realized version of yourself that you could ever be. And I expect and want you to do the same for me. Quality relationships are about elevation, not longevity. Mm which was to be honest, kind of a tough pill to swallow, right? Like, yeah. Cause, cause that's, that's scary, man. Like here, yeah. we want that commitment. I want to know that my partner is going to be there for the rest of my life. I want that security knowing that, and, but there has to, and I trust that that's the case, right? With yeah. Partner. Like I believe it. I know it. I feel it. Um, but I'm so committed to her elevation and she's so committed to mine that together we're choosing to elevate together.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, And they, you hear about like, you have relationships, friendships, whatever for seasons sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Like, um, thankfully I still have really good communication with my best friend from high school, but some people don't have that. And so like, you just take your different paths, but during that time where you have that community, that connection going on, that's what it should be about is just elevating one another, making each other better and supporting one another. And I think that that was a beautiful, yeah. Statement relationships, relationships are about elevation not longevity yeah
1: yeah i give that that quote i give credit to john lineman i heard that and i was like oh wow that was excellent
0: yeah that's awesome yeah that's really good so and i love it i think these these four actionable like steps people can take awareness skills management solutions i think that's the process they can start going through is is so beneficial um And and I, yeah, there's that unconscious, like what's it whispering to you, those beliefs and then starting to shift those, uh, because those become our feelings and our feelings become actions. And that's what kind of dictates our path. And so, uh, Roberto, I'm, I'm super grateful for you, for your uh, wisdom and knowledge that you brought to pencil leadership in the audience today. Uh, before we go though, I always like to ask my guests, um, in regards to the fifth trait of pencil leadership, uh, that would be that the pencil was created with a purpose. And that was to be able to leave a positive mark, uh, on any surface, uh, with just different levels of, um, difficulty, but you can always leave a positive mark. So when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is?
1: Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, man, is is expression, freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everything I've done, am doing, and will do just pulls out people's most loving, empowered, inspired expression. That's that's the mark I want to make, man. I want I want to leave and every single person who has come into contact with me feels, I feel like I could be more myself after every conversation with Roberto, after every single piece of content, he helped me just be me because we all have such a unique light, such a unique way of sharing who we are. And I just wanna help as many people as possible give themselves that permission so they can just be themselves. Cause what else are we here to do other than to be ourselves fully?
0: For sure. No, I love that. Yeah. Such a great answer. So guys yeah, definitely follow his lead with that. Just find yourself, the expression, increase your relationship with yourself. Uh, Roberto, thank you again. Where can people reach out, connect with you, find out more about what you do, man?
1: Cool. Uh, so there's two places. Uh, the best place, the most direct place is Instagram at theconscious.coach. Um, if you want want some more info on what it is that I do, you can go to theconsciouscouple.ca. You'll see some info about some programs I do, and you'll learn a little bit about myself and my partner.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, guys, definitely check that out. Get connected with Roberto. He's putting out some great stuff to, to help us. Growing our relationship with ourselves and others and in our mindset. So again, Roberto, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, brother. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark and then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.